When it comes to healthcare, self-care is essential. Being able to have a culture that has allowance for, oh, you're taking care of your mental health by going for a run, versus, oh, must be nice, you have time to go for a run in the morning. Welcome to the Live Well and Thrive podcast, recognizing the hard work, the dedication, and the diversity of our team at Kaiser Permanente Northern California. I'm your host, Carrie Owen Pleats, and we are recording our first episode in front of a live audience, an awesome live audience, at the Kaiser Permanente Medical Center in Oakland in this beautiful atrium. So excited to kick off today. The COVID-19 pandemic has had a significant effect on all of us, effect on our well-being, on our lives, on just how we function every day. And being one of the largest providers of healthcare in Northern California and frankly across the country, it has impacted Northern California and our team significantly. Some days feel unreal and some days feel all too real. So I hope, we hope, that this podcast helps you pause, exhale, which we'll hear a little bit more about how important it is to exhale here in a second, and also regain some balance. So many of us are talking about mindfulness, which is such a beautiful thing to come out of this pandemic, is the further discussion about mindfulness. So we're introducing a new program called Live Well and Thrive. It's to shine a light on and make it easy for our teams to access the many resources that we have within Kaiser Permanente to help support our team's recovery, resiliency, and ability to live well and thrive moving forward. One fantastic benefit that I'm not sure everybody is aware of, but it was one of the first things I saw in joining Kaiser Permanente, is that our employees, our members, have access to this amazing app called Calm. It is a sleep and meditation app. And frankly, there are many nights I probably could not have fallen asleep without the thunderstorm. Anybody else a thunderstorm app? Okay, we've definitely got a few in the audience that love the thunderstorm app. Many nights I could not have found the ability to sleep without Calm. I am so excited to introduce Chief Clinical Officer at Calm, Chris Mosnick. Thank you so much for joining us, Chris. Thanks, Kurt. Appreciate you having me here. Yeah. So finding balance and exhaling is such an important part of just resilience these days. The pandemic has hit all of us really hard. Tell me about your connection as a clinical psychologist. How did you get involved with mental health in the first place? And tell me a little bit about how it is important for you. It's almost a hard question because where to start, right? right? Like When COVID hit over the past few years, this is the first time that mental health actually came to the forefront. And call that a blessing, the silver lining, if you will, because my whole life I've been in mental health and my parents were therapists. I'm from New York. Don't hold it against me. They were social workers and they were dealing with their own anxiety. And as a kid growing up in New York, I was dealing with extreme anxiety, but I called it stress and it was pretty much felt like a normal thing. But when you're a kid and you are growing up in New York in the 1970s and 1980s, it was not okay 
to talk about that. The Marlboro Man, ridiculous images, Clint Eastwood, essentially, you can't show your emotion. That's what we were taught, and pretty much men for generations were taught exactly that. And if you wanted to fit in, you didn't speak about your stress, you didn't speak about mental health. Even though my parents were therapists, it still wasn't okay. And if you think about where my brain was then, where it is now, I'm a clinical psychologist, and obviously the roots start there, but where I really think I put my efforts and have my whole career is being able to help people come through and get mental health who normally don't get it. So essentially men over the age of 40 from the Midwest, lots of good data out there on groups. The stigma still exists. We're not, we can't change a culture on a dime. Yeah. And being able to help those folks and other folks who don't normally get access to mental health, that's my passion. I find it interesting that your both of your parents were therapists, and yet it was still not, I would think it would be the opposite. Like, please talk about your emotions at all moments. Yeah. So tell me about the work that you're doing in Calm and how it's encouraging people to just be okay to not be okay? I think the first thing that I love about Calm and why I joined Calm is because it's the world's biggest mental health app, but nobody calls it a mental health app. Which I think is great. I love that. And obviously the stigma still exists with mental health, but giving people access to mental health services and being very aware of the stigma, that's a big part of what works so well at Calm. It's like the sleep stories... For children, the amount of evidence-based practice that goes into developing a sleep story is insane. Like the voice, the intonation has to work. And that's the magic is that people are coming in and getting mental health needs met and they didn't even know they had a mental health need. You also mentioned earlier about, because you also have a background in dietitian, yeah, right? Yeah, I'm a registered dietitian as um, well. So you've got this passion around integrative medicine. One of the reasons I joined Kaiser Permanente too, it's because it's we don't see this separation of mental health from the rest of your clinical experience. It's, it's truly about integration of health. So tell me about your passion around integrated health and the importance of incorporating mental health into the rest of how we've historically viewed medicine. I started off my career actually at Yale New Haven Health, and we opened up a weight loss and diabetes center there with a whole team approach, psychologists, registered dietitians, diabetes educators, exercise physiologists. And the reason we put them together for the first time was essentially because of all the problems that go along with diabetes and depression. We know that the odds are one-third of developing depression if you have diabetes and vice versa. And people weren't addressing that. Because in chronic conditions, physical condition, mental condition, if you just try to treat one, it just doesn't work. So being able to have a team approach, that's the key. Especially for so many people that we were talking about before around mental health, men above the age of 40 will come in and they will get help for their diabetes but they'll be very unlikely to come in for depression. Being able to say, oh, we have an app that essentially can help you with relaxation techniques. Progressive muscle relaxation is a very effective technique. It's been around for very, very decades and it helps people with diabetes. It actually lowers your blood sugars. But people, if you label it a mental health, progressive muscle relaxation, people are like, oh, I'm staying away from you. You say, oh, here's a, here's a relaxation track. People will go, oh, okay, it'll help you with their diabetes. Oh, okay. So being able to just understand that's where people are and working with that versus 
this is what you must do. You must do therapy. You must do meds. Therapy and meds are wonderful, but they're not the whole answer. There needs to be a continuum of mental health and a variety of solutions to get people help with their mental health. Yeah. So when you're thinking about the pandemic in the past two and a half years, what has it done to us? The silver lining of the pandemic is we all suffered. And if you think about why we all suffered, we saved lives by socially isolating. Great. Social isolation, if you ask anybody in mental health, is the way you torture somebody. It literally is how to torture a human being is social isolation. That's why solitary confinement is illegal in most states. You take a hermit, you put them in social isolation, you'll develop depression. That is what happened in COVID. So we as a world now have a much better understanding of depressive symptoms. Most all of us had some depressive symptoms from that social isolation. And the stress from a horrible virus that was killing people, we all felt it. So the silver lining is our EQ right now around mental health is through the roof. I worked in health systems, I never as great as KP, but essentially mental health was always seen as the department that we didn't get the really nice offices. The positive things that have come out of COVID is that our collective wisdom around mental health and that we all felt it in our sympathy and our empathy for other people dealing with mental health issues. We're in a totally different plane of existence. That said, the stigma still exists. It's still here. And we can't change our culture on a dime. I love that you're looking for the silver lining because I think you have to, especially with what's been going on. I always try to find the, you know, it could always get worse. I don't know if that's, I'm sure you can diagnose me with something by saying that. When you're thinking about, because you mentioned empathy, which KP is just full of heart. You see it every single day, all of the amazing stories. And there have been a lot of conversations that the pandemic has caused us just a dearth of empathy, that it's really challenging for people to regain their empathetic core. And in some cases, people are challenged as to why they got into healthcare in the first place. They're trying to get back to it. Do you have a, some advice for people who are really trying to find themselves again? Hyperempathy is something that you find in healthcare workers routinely. And that's a wonderful thing because you're essentially able to take care of a person and save their lives when you're putting yourself in those shoes. The biggest problem with that, it's exhausting. And when you give everything you've got to another human being and trying to help them, at the end of the day, you're burnt. I lasted for two years in private practice when I first came out. I was seeing so many patients every day and it was wonderful because while you're there with them, you're helping them, they change their lives, great. But at the end of the day, I had nothing left for my family. And also, lots of different reasons I wanted to be able to help more people over the course of my career. I, I made some shifts. But the, the bottom line is that when it comes to healthcare, self-care is essential for being able to have a long, fulfilling career in healthcare. Because if you don't take care of yourself, then you are not going to two things. One, you won't take as good care of, right. as you could as other people. But then also, you're also going to suffer yourself. And that has led to massive rates of burnout. Right. And burnout is just, it's a euphemism for high, high, high stress, depression, commingling disorders, lack of energy. And it's too late quite often when a person gets 
really being burnt out for years, and they leave. How do you stop that? It's being able to shift the script and say, okay, self-care is not selfish, not even close. It's critical. And in cognitive behavioral therapy, one of our fundamental tenets is if you don't take care of yourself, you won't be able to take care of other people. And people see that as being selfish, but that's not... It's not no. the case. It's, it's critical. Yeah. You will just not be able to take care of other people as well if you don't take care of yourself first. And it's almost changing that dialogue. So when you're talking with people, self-care, not selfish, self-care, not selfish. When you're talking about health care, there's got to be a long-term plan. And self-care has got to be essential to make it happen. So Calm has meditation apps. Some of them are for the you know, the people who can do the arm um and sit in the little position, which are amazing. Mm-hmm. And then there's other people like me that keep talking to you to keep you focused on helping you out. But mm-hmm. you've got meditation, mm-hmm. you've got the sleep app. One of the nurses up in the pediatric unit used the Calm app, a sleep story, to really calm down a pediatric patient who was really anxious, really stressed out, it was really difficult to provide care to, and they used the sleep app. So tell me about the science of these sleep apps. The most fun thing about Calm to me is that we have this huge science team. So I have four psychologists who are on my team. We have two RCTs, and we have about 24 published studies. I didn't know any of that before I came into (laughs) Calm. I literally didn't even think there was a science team. I didn't know anything behind it. But it was such a welcome gift. We have an NIH grant for $3 million, and it's basically how do you have these things but nobody knows about it. And that's part of the calm magic too, because we don't want to be labeled as an egghead science organization. It's good that we have the science behind it, but so much goes into it. So our content team, they're actually based out of Hollywood. The sleep stories, if you listen to them, they work extremely well because they're using behavioral techniques that are firmly placed in evidence-based treatment. So for example, I was giving you the example (laughs) here that one of the things they taught me to do as I was doing some of the content is you don't breathe in, you keep on speaking out and your voice goes lower and lower and lower and lower and lower. When you do that, it starts relaxing other people and then they start falling asleep. That's science. It's been around forever. But it's just using those types of things and using a team that can create the content so that it's that way, but also collect the data to show that it's working. Because if it doesn't work at the end of the day, then people aren't going to use it. When you talk about speaking more slowly and slowly, you know, I think I was falling asleep as you were saying that. And for those of you who haven't experienced, I think the Matthew McConaughey sleep episode, I highly recommend that one. Mm -hmm. Well, it'll put you to sleep in about two seconds. Calm is available to all of our members and our employees and just strongly encourage anybody listening to the podcast to listen, to use it. And it's backed by science. It's not just an app. It's preventative medicine. Mm -hmm. It's about uh, keeping you healthy and bringing culture of health into your life and taking care of yourself. Chris, thank you so much for the partnership with Calm and for being here and for having a fun conversation at Kaiser Oakland Medical Center and to help all of us focus on live well and thrive. So I'd like to really thank our audience here at Oakland Medical Center for joining our recording and also thank you, our listener, for tuning into the debut of the Living Well and Thrive podcast, recognizing the hard work, dedication, and diversity of our team at Kaiser Permanente. I'm Carrie Owen Pleats. We will see you next time. Thanks so much. Thank you.